Oh shit. You're listening to Adam Air MD. GED. It's beast, bro. All right. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Dale Prover, ladies and gentlemen, is not on the show. But we got another cool motherfucker, Mr. John Orlando. Veteran comic book artist, underground comic book enthusiast, has worked and served in the underground comics brigade, just like yours truly here. (laughs) You're going to hear us fucking exploit the fuck out of some fucking motherfuckers tonight. You know that? I'm telling you too, man. We've had a couple shows on this season dealing with the fucking underground comic trade. I don't know who's listening. I don't have too many friends in the underground comic book, you know, business. But I'm glad that I have a few like John, who I was able to reconnect with <laughs> after three years. It's been about three years. Holy shit. Time fucking goes on. One thing I like about myself always, <laughs> amongst the bevy of things, is that I always had the enthusiasm to fucking create some new shit. And I don't care if I ever get the fucking credit for it. That's not what my game's about. I always fucking felt like, hey man, pioneer. And one of the things I learned when I was a kid about fucking current situations on the planet, you gotta stop the wheel of shit. People don't know how powerful they are, man. That's why I have to be an MDGED. So I can fucking help you realize you're worth a shit. You are. You're the shit, dude. And, uh... I'm going to put this podcast up. I'm going to tear down the people that I feel like should be torn down. And I'm going to build up the people that I feel should be built up. And uh, in the end, I hope we're all built up from it. You know, you got to have some fucking end game, motherfucker. Well, let's get this fucker rolling. Thank you. We'll be right back. If you're looking for adventure this summer, 
Escape with Marvel Comics. Fight crime with Spider-Man. Meet the Fantastic Four and watch Captain America in action. May the Force be with you as you battle the evil empire in Star Wars. Discover the secrets of the South American jungle in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And with Marvel Comics, you're never alone because they can go with you in the car or to the park, even on a rainy day. Marvel Comics are your ticket to fun and adventure this summer. I channel. While trying to stop a mother, Dr. David Banner has attacked himself. Angered and out of control, he transforms into his alter ego, the Incredible Hulk. Banner is mistakenly held for the crime, and a blind lawyer comes to his defense. I can go to work on getting you out of here. Maybe I belong in a cage. But the lawyer is none other than Daredevil. Will Daredevil and the Hulk triumph over evil to help an innocent victim? All right, we're back. Yo. John Orlando. Adam. I, What's good, man? I never thought I'd ever talk to you again, man. Why? Oh, I I never knew what really happened. I, I kind of got fucked. Oh, I went through living hell after the last time I saw you, and we wound up going through, like, Exodus in the Bible do a lot of shit, and I lost touch with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's, this LA thing is fucking awesome for you, man. I can't tell you how happy I am to hear that. You know, it was a strange situation too, man. It kind of just happened out of nothing. Like most shit, that's worth a shit. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, I uh, met this younger guy named Caleb on Instagram, he goes by Blade 80, and his mom's uh, uh, some kind of correspondent with Warner Brothers, and um, he was kind of just in trouble, you know, he's like this 25-year-old kid in L.A. that's really smart, has a lot of talent, his mom's got hookups for him to get into the business, but he he's not taking advantage of it, and I was like, well... Okay. So I talked to the mom. That reminds me of some people have known. It drives you crazy because. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whoa. So, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying, well, especially at our age, man, you know. So the kid's at least, uh-huh. at least he's a kid. He's got that excuse, you know. But I was like, well, I think I can probably help this guy out. I was like, if you think you can get me and him, a, if I can straighten this shit out. And can you get us... You're the kind of guy that can help people like that, you know? I think so. And I was like... You understand. I I do. And I was like, well, if you think if I get his shit together and he shows it and we hand you guys a couple Bibles, will you get us to sit down, you know, at Warner? And uh, she was like, I think, you know, I'd like to see him get it together. And yeah, of course he has access to that. He knows that. And I was like, as soon as she said it like that, I was like, motherfucker, I'm there. Nice. So I, I knew it, you know. You know when you hear bullshit, and you know when you're not. And um, I just, uh, I kind of wished I had felt that way with Dan Fogel. <laughs> you know, I felt like the yeah. whole, I never got to talk to you or anybody about it. I didn't know what the fuck happened or why Larry and Sharon decided to fuck with my career on that Cherry Pop-Tart book. Yeah. Larry Wells, yeah. Cherry Pop Tart. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right. right. That was the last time I saw you. The last time I saw you, we were at Big Apple Con, and you guys were holding like 100 hot wings. (laughs) Hanging outside of... That's when Dan Dan Fogel kind of backed off when when, uh, your lady was uh, getting fucked with. Me and you were inside Hooters. And then Jill and... What had happened with you? I didn't, I didn't hear it. I thought we were talking about it. Maybe I'm tripping. But no, I just didn't hear what you said. I thought Jill and Dan had left at the same time to go to the car or something outside to a car. Yeah, yeah. And you and I and Larry and Sharon and Dan were sitting in Hooters eating hot wings. And somebody fucked with Jill while that happened. And Dan went and hid under a car or some shit. Did you hear about that? This sounds like that's fucking hilarious. I thought that's what happened. I thought that's what happened. Oh my god, that's gold, Jerry. Gold, Jerry. Well, that's so bad. Well, it ended up. It ended up Sharon Wells' character assassinated me. I'm pretty sure Dan Fogel wanted me off the comic thing after that convention, and I and I think you know he just wanted to use me and Mike as a one shot. I want to tell you, I kind of had a nervous breakdown after that show. What happened at that fucking show, man? It was a bad show for me. A lot of things, and now I'm done with. I'm retired from comics. I'm just doing music with Joe now. We're trying to build that up. People seem to like it. Um, I just got to, I, I got to get it out. I got to figure out how to market it. I'm so busy making it. I got to figure out, I spent some time marketing it. I came to a lot of realizations there that I had, you see, I was in comics years ago in the 90s. Um, yeah, what were you I, doing again? I worked with Rich Buckler. You know that guy? He was like, he's a really famous penciler for Marvel, DC. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was my idol in 1974 when I was like eight years old because he was drawing the Fantastic Four. And he was like the best, my favorite artist at the time. I wanted to, oh, and I I wanted to just like Rich Buckford, you know. He was my idol when I was eight years old. And it's funny, when I was 28, I, by circumstances, got his number, called him. Uh, one thing led to another, I was allowed to come in like a piss boy for a while, and then, um, I was allowed to start assisting, and when he said, when you, when I don't have to fix anything you assist on, I'll start paying you for everything you do. And then I became the production manager, so I was Rich Buckley's production manager in the 90s, and I had my own shit going on, with Cry for Dawn, I had like all these, um, one-shot sort of horror monster comics coming out through Cry for Dawn. And you were doing, like, Marvel, too, right? Yeah, I was assisting Rich on everything he was doing. We were working with Techno Comics. Uh, we were working for Now Comics. Remember all those? Yeah. Were fucking hot back then. Now Techno. And with new people coming out. And we were doing a lot for Cry for Dawn for uh, their, their other books, um, for Joe Monks. And I don't know, I was doing tons of commercial art and commissions, and I was, getting, I was just a busy guy making an assload of money. 
at really doing well, you know. I, money was not an issue for me in those days. And yeah. then I got, you, I, you know who Roy Thomas is? Yeah, I do. Okay. I, he and I did a, we created a character together. Yeah. Called Doc Behemoth. <laughs> and we, we were supposed, it was supposed to be, it got a spotlight and preview. They said, this is amazing. You're going to love it. The great Roy Thomas and John Orlando together. Did the boo. The new shit. Bullshit. Bullshit. Hey, well, what happened was, I got, the numbers came back and my publishers said, you know, I, 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 I can't print it. In, I mean, I can't afford to print it. It didn't get ordered enough. I said, well, what happened? He said, I don't know. Every book crashed this month in my place. So I called Roy. And Roy was like, yep, yep, I knew that would happen. I said, why? Why? You know, that yeah. would have he goes, well, I got the numbers back from Marvel, and they said the top-selling book, uh, this is 98, that month was Spider-Man at only 286,000 copies. Now, when he was in charge, they used to cancel the book at the one under 500,000 copies. So their top-selling book was like almost just above half that. So I said, that's insane, that the whole line is, if that was the top-selling book, the whole line would be cancelable by the standards you were when you were in charge of Marvel. And he said, yep. Yep, it's a bad one. So I got really disgusted, and I kind of left comics, and I was doing a lot of commercial art. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the kind of work I was doing got replaced by computers, and I didn't have one, and that was that. <laughs> so I, you know, I wound up with Data I got divorced from my wife, I mean, because she was a fucking con, but and then I met Jill, and I married her, and uh, we started a mobile grooming thing, and then eventually a publisher got in touch with me on Facebook and said, look, man... I found a submission you sent to me like a long time ago, like 10, over 10 years ago, and um, I found it on an old hard drive. And I go, I want to publish it, but I want two more issues. Like, you, you sent me two. I want you to do two more if, you, if, if, if I publish you. And I said, well, great. I'll get the comics again. So I thought I was going to be, for fucking 10 years, I beat my goddamn head against the wall thinking it's just around the corner again for me. And it was such a fucking poverty-stricken, Waste of time, waste of invested emotion. It just fucked me over, man. And just I'm not saying fucking it's drained you, dude. Yeah. And that show, that was about my tenth year of my comeback. Okay, and it was bullshit or eighth. I don't know what it was. Maybe eighth year. And I'm just sitting there thinking, nobody even they walked past my table without glancing. I mean, back in the day, people used to come up and ask me to autograph books I didn't even work on. I liked what Mike Diana said. He said, because we were, he was like, well, when you got the fucking Lego TIE Fighter three fucking, uh, you know, tables down, guys like us become obsolete. And that's what Mike Diana said. He was like, we were at the wrong show. He's so right. He's so right. See, yeah. Mike's smart, though. He knows, he knows people, too. Oh, yeah. Mike, uh, you know, Both he. you guys do. I definitely, when we were hanging out that day, the best time I had at that show, I'm going to tell you, that show sucked ass to me. The best time I had at that show was hanging out outside with you and Mike smoking and talking. Yeah. That was the best time I had at that show. That was it. Yeah. And when we hung, and when we hung out at uh, whatever was going on inside of Hooters, I don't know, what on our house, I was just shamming all that shit. That's, that's weird. But uh, I got to tell you, uh, that was the best part of it, and that had nothing to do with the business. That was just us talking sociology, life, whatever. I and I thought Bob I Camp was, Bob Camp was annoying. <laughs> Bob Camp, <laughs> Bob Camp <laughs> yeah, because he's yeah, he's kind of kind of like I don't know, man. He he just had a big mouth, 
And, and you know, when I was 19, I was supposed to work for him. And I, I got my portfolio stolen. I was supposed to be on the second year of Ren and Stimpy. And I did a, a podcast episode about it called The Ren and Stimpy Deal. And it was about me being 19 and having my portfolio ripped off along the way to go work for John Kay. And it turned out a year later he got popped for being a pedophile. Wow. Did you know that? I remember hearing something like... And that's what Bob Camp was... Bob Camp was fucking running his mouth all fucking like New York fucking slice mode. And was all just fucking like, yo... It was fucking John Kay's fucking dick that got in his fucking way, blah, blah, blah. And he was saying it so loud, and I was like, damn, I'm glad I didn't work for these motherfuckers, man. They would they would have ruined my fucking career back then. <laughs> it was meant to be. You dodged it. See, sometimes bad things happen for a good reason. <laughs> I, you know, hey, you, I'm wondering, you're like, Red and Stimpy, that's a fucking deal of a lifetime. But you look at these guys, John and Bob, and they're just like, they're fucked in the head, man. Well, Bob is, like, full of himself is the problem I got with him. Yeah. And, and you know, that that's kind of more common, I guess, to being a pedophile, that's for sure. At least he wasn't a that's, pedophile. Yeah, I would, I would assume. But just the way he was fucking flapping it, man. But um, I and then I met Ivy at that show for the first time. Ivy uh, Silverstein. Uh-huh. Do you know her? No, I don't. But it sounds interesting so far. Um, and she was—I just—I—I I, I felt romantically crushed on her ass after I met her, bro. I was like smitten. Is that right? Oh my god, she's just the most beautiful woman. I never got to even tell her. I tried to hit on her for a while, but she's so like wrapped up, and um, she got ripped off by Disney with in Ice Age that movie. She got ripped off from a character. I can't remember what oh. the character was, but, you know, that was her big claim to fame was Disney ripped me off. Yeah. And then, you know, okay. she so came... I didn't know any of this, but it, it definitely uh, sounds typical of the industry. Yeah. You know how you met her? Because uh, she came down and told me, you, and Mike that William Shatner had left and all these hot wings were left behind. I was like, oh, yeah, we can then go eat Captain Kirk's hot wings. <laughs> Hey man, not everybody gets to do that. No, we definitely fucking got to eat fucking Captain Kirk's fucking hot wings, man. I mean, you know, that's the closest I've ever been on the Enterprise. But I, you know, like as far as Dan Fogle, I was like, he he was kind of weird the whole fucking show, and he and he didn't really do anything wrong or anything or get on my nerves. It was after, and I had ended up in uh, Bakersfield later on that year. Yeah. And I was in Bakersfield, and uh, he didn't tell me that there was a convention or that uh, he knew I was in Bakersfield. He knew there was a convention. He knew his books were going to be there. He knew my book was there. He didn't tell me. That was the first cock block. And the second cock block was Sherry and uh, Sharon and, and Larry you know, getting ready to put out that new cherry pop tart, telling me yeah. I could have a page in it, and then taking it away after talking to Mark Bodie. This is why. This is why I don't do it anymore. I'm like, fuck you guys, man. You guys, and she had a fucking mental breakdown on me, man. I was like, I was like, I'm fucking mentally ill, lady. 
I was like, you yeah, know, you don't, you don't need it. No. Premiering Friday after Wonder Woman, it's the all-new Incredible Hulk. A radiation experiment has unleashed the ultimate mutation, turning David Banner into a superhuman beast whenever he becomes angered. Bill Bixby stars in The Incredible Hulk, premiering Friday at 9, 8 Central and Mountain. Hey, it's O.J. Simpson. Here's a few tips on how to get out of an airport fast. One, join the number one club and reserve a car with Hertz. Two, <laughs> have your license and credit card ready because Hertz will be ready for you. Three, need directions? Ask Hertz. They know the shortest route. Nobody can get you out of an airport faster. <laughs> Nobody can get you out of an airport faster. Go, Juice! Go! Rent a Ford from Hertz. The superstar invent a car. Right. I was like, I'm already look like the Gigi Allen of comics over here, you know? <laughs> They're already looking at me like, oh, shit, he's going to eat my brain. They're not wrong, but, you know, I'm, it's not like I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to hold some kind of decorum. <laughs> That's why I'm out. I went through all this shit like you went, you know, different versions of the same bullshit. Yeah, you did. You know, different, same shit, different pile. I really, I can't anymore. I'm so sick of it. It's the people of the industry. Now, when did, when did you get into doing comics? Like, what year? When did I do it? Um, yeah, that he started. I, it was when River's Edge came out, 1986. You started doing it before me. I was 14. Okay, so... I had already been published with, before that. But well, you were dealing with profession. <laughs> what... What year were you dealing with, like, people in the industry, people? Like, when oh, you shit. Working with... uh, when I got into Caliber Comics, um, I was in, that was the first international. My name's right above Brian Bolins on uh, Negative Burn okay. number 40 on uh, uh, Caliber Comics Presents. Yeah, it was like 95. I, I, you know, I was 23. Oh, I was... okay. Yeah. All right. So I started in 94 with Rich. So about the same time. Yeah. Okay, so I kind of started late life. I was 28. Um, so, you know, that there was, you know, there was bullshit around in the industry. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't... I knew that everyone. already. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't everyone. It's like it's... Like, I can't even... Like, I'm going through... I had to open a new account because, you know, I... I Fucking busted on someone. I reported me. Well, they got they got banned too. Kind of. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. But uh, I got to <laughs> tell you, um, I've been avoiding. Uh, I'm looking through most of the comic book people. I'm just avoiding. Like I see like all these people that I'm friends with on my regular account that are all hardcore into comics. And I just I can't even like. I, I don't want to send them friend requests, man. Nope. I, I know. <laughs> I'm going to start it over, dude. I'm, and, you know, here's, here's what happened. Um, did you see that Slow Death uh, comic that just came out of Last Gasp by chance? It was like the fucking, no. uh, you know, 30 years later fucking. And, you know, it was Peter Bag. Mike Diana got a page in it. They gave him 50 lousy fucking bucks. And it was like, oh, yeah, token Mike Diana. That's how I kind of coined him on this last show. And I was like, dude, it, you're just some token joke, because I was pissed off that Mike didn't tell me about it. But what happened was, right. Mike had gone up to bat for me and another gay guy uh, who does gay comics, and he's awesome, man, Carlo Quispe. 
and uh, he went up for bat to, uh, for both of us, and uh, and the guy at uh, Ron Turner's son, I don't know his name. He was oh, like, okay, I'm he, not aware of him. He was like, uh, nope, we're not taking any contributors, and they ended up putting like fucking uh, uh, people in there that really didn't deserve it, and it was a bunch of cock block and stuffy fucks like Crumb. And I'm so sick of that fucking Empire Boardwalk motherfucker, you know? It's like, just go ahead and fucking retire already, man. Like, the new people out that read comics, they don't want to read about fucking Angel Food McSpade. And they don't want to read about, they don't want to read about Canned and Hearts and all this other shit, you know what I mean? They they don't, they want stuff that, that's outdated crap, and I felt like, you know, Crumb did get away with it and at that time you know it was appropriate and at that time it was like hey because white america was so full of itself and crumb needed to be there to show them hey you're not perfect you know uh and in that sense i i agreed with it at that time it's kind of like blazing saddles at that time or fucking pulp fiction at that time you know after george floyd man and all this shit, shit shit changes dude and in not just in civil rights, but in, in the comic book industry, it's why you ended up leaving. But I'm going to tell you something cool that you probably didn't realize, bro. Tell me, I'd love to hear something cool. That you did. What? Check this shit out. You know what Dan Fogle inadvertently di- ended up doing? And I don't think he fucking realized it. I'm the one that put it together. What? But when he put out our three books, Me, You, and Mike, Diana... We became officially the first of the Silver Age of Underground Comics. Really? Yes, because the Golden Age ended when Art Spiegelman pulled the plug and he changed it to Raw. And he fucking changed it to the independent comic book movement. And it became okay, Indies. You, know, you have a good point there, I have to say. That's a pretty good point. It be, it, underground ceased. There was The technical last underground was top drawer comics, as far as I'm aware. Which is Art Spiegelman right. and Crumb and all these other dicks, uh, Mickey Rat. That dude is intolerable, man. Spiegelman is intolerable to be around. <laughs> well, these guys are outdated, you know. And now it's it's up to a cooler cool. people like you and I. And here's the here's the advantage we have, dude. I say that you and I and Mike Diana team back up and fucking put out the copyright version of Slow Death. And we should all get sued. And we should all get fucking, take it to fucking court, make a mockery out of it. And I think that's just the way Greg Irons would have loved it. Because in the, well, in 2000, here's why I got pissed off about the slow death thing and that move by Ron Turner. Technically, it says, and according to it, Ron Turner created the fucking slow death thing for uh, an, an ecological event in San Francisco in 1970. Okay, that's fair. But two years before that, uh, if you, the part you don't hear about is Greg Irons had showed up at fucking Zap, and nobody would even talk to the guy. And Spain, Spain, and uh, S. Clay Wilson, yeah. Moscoso, Crum was the only one that turned around and said. Greg, I think you're a great guy. Sorry, there's no room here. And then two years... But, you know... Yep, and inside of two years, what happened? If you do the detective work, he goes to the Fillmore, 
he fucking gets famous off his posters. Ron Turner decides, well, I'm going to milk that cow and go ahead and fucking put out Slow Death with the fucking Greg Irons cover. Look at that. And that's what I put together, and that's why I got pissed off. I was like, you know what, they wouldn't even let that motherfucker in to begin with. Kind of like the way Larry Wells fucking cock-blocked me in fucking Cherry Pop-Tart. And the way Crumb fucking can cock-block anybody like some fucking mafia dumb. Something happened with Crumb while we were at the farm. I gotta tell you the truth. Dana said that she wants to buy a copy of Fuck You, which was a comic book, uh, an underground I had done. I remember before. that. Yeah. And she wanted to buy a copy of it. She says, I'm sending this to France to Bob. I think this is excellent, and I think that he should help you and other and other new underground is the way Harvey Kurtzman helped him and his friends. Oh yeah, yeah. And I said, well, well, that's great. Dana. what am I going to say? No. So I said, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it's Dana Crumb, whatever. So I wanted to give them to her. She said, no, no, I'm going to pay for them, of course. You know, okay, you know, uh, we were kind of stranded up there without any money. So I can't remember you telling me about that. Oh, something happened. We were supposed to do something, and then she didn't like the paperwork and put the kibosh on the whole thing. We were just stranded. So oh, she didn't mean to do that, but she didn't want to. I don't know. I just something in the paperwork was glitched out, and got kind of fucked in the, in the backwash. But um, not her intent. That was not the goal on her part, but it happened. So she sends him to Bob, and then, you know, Jill asked her, you, you ever hear back from Bob? And she got, she got a weird face. She goes, nope, nope, never heard back, never heard back. Uh, okay, okay. So then a little, you know, a day or two later, after that, she says to Jill, you know, can you guys drive down to Ukiah for me and do some banking and stuff? And I have a list of a couple of groceries I need. Would you guys mind doing it? I'll pay you to do it. We're like, well, yeah, you know, we're going anyway, whatever. So she gives us a list, and the list is written on the back of the letter she got back from, uh, on the, of the envelope of the letter she got back from Crumb. Oh. Now, I don't know what that letter ever said, but I know he got back to her, and I know she said he never did. So I know it wasn't good. Man. She well, didn't realize what she wrote the list on. But as we're in the car, Joe thinks she's like, wait a minute. I thought she didn't hear that. And the date was right. It was, you know, the amount of time back. It would be after she sent it to France. And got a, you know, the, 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 the postmark was, was covered with the, the situation. He totally wrote that. I wrote a nasty letter. I'm not fucking helping anybody, blah, blah, blah. He's just a piece of shit. He's, you know, a lot of guys from his generation are astoundingly selfish. I can't believe it, man. And these are like guys that, you know, they've been part of my literary life, John, since I was fucking nine years old. And I know that's you way know, too young. When I told Crumb that, dude, and he told me, I mean, we sat, we had dinner at Odessa's. Me and Crumb did. Did you at Odessa? Yeah, in Lower East Side, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're right. And uh, he took me out. Uh, it was me, Sophie, and Crumb, and two squatter chicks, a hack writer, and a doctor of unknown origin, all sitting in that fucking little booth at that fucking Odessa's. And, uh... You know, it was, he was on page one of Genesis um, when he did That was the, a while ago. That was a while ago. That's how long ago that was. And uh, he was on page one or two of it. And the writer was kind of getting his little 
thing on, you know, and then he took off with the girls out to Tompkins Square Park across the street, and and then Sophie made this comment about having bumps on her tongue, and the doctor's only line, the only time this guy speaks, and he goes, well, I am a doctor, <laughs> and they took off in the oh, bathroom, goodness. and they were gone for a while, and... You know, it was just me and Crumb, and Crumb was like, you drew that shit for Sophie, and it was a comic book I did. It was just like a three-pager I had. I had 18 hours to draw it in. And so I did three pages. I drew it in uh, 18 hours. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. And uh, <clears throat> Which was Jack Kirby status. But I fucking ended yeah. up, uh, you know, giving it to her, and Crumb saw it and was like, who's that? And Sophie was like, ah, oh, it's this guy named Adam, you know, he, you know, whatever. And the name of the comic was called Fucked Up Cartoon Animal Romance. And I think it just, it hit him at that point, you know. And, yeah. and it was just this kind of like in his almost style, but it was mine. And, uh, and he saw it and he was like, oh my God, you have your humor. He's like, I read your punk rock shit. I hated it. He goes, but this stuff, the cartoon animal stuff you do, he's like, oh, I love it, man. And he gave it the, like, hardcore green light at that time, you know, for that 45 minutes. And he, demonstrating his power that he could fly from France to New York and back in one night, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, like, you know, coming out just to take me to dinner. And I watched him walk down the horizon. At that time, I still thought of Crumb as a hero. And then as soon as I moved to the Bay Area... The first person to fucking blow holes, put Swiss cheese fucking holes in that shit, was pretty much one of the same guys that fucking cocked blocked me from getting into Cherry Pop-Tart, which was uh, right. Mark Bodie. And I, I can't stand Mark Bodie and guys like that, man, anymore, because they're just these guys who do what their old man did. Yeah. And they got yeah, entitlement rights, you know? Well, it doesn't help him much. They struggle like a bastard. And every time, what Molly said is every time they make any fucking money, the guy just pisses it away by taking everybody out for drinks. So Who, I mean, Mark Bodie not, does? That's what Molly said. His wife said, yeah. Are you friends with Molly? Well, not so I don't want to disrespect you. I don't want to disrespect him, right? You know what? Don't worry about it. Though. Okay. Your experience is yours. I'm not, yeah, exactly. Not, Molly's not, not much to me. And even if she was, it doesn't matter. You had your experiences with that person, and you, you're entitled to, to express them. But I'm not real big friends with Molly. No, I mean, they're not friends with anybody, really. They're for themselves. And they, they're the know, same kind of prototype we're talking about here, you know? Right, right. So it was more like she was sitting at the table next to us chatting with Joe, and Joe said, well, here's the problem. is, is uh, Every time he makes any money, when he does, he goes ahead and uh, takes every boy his friends out for drinks and spends a whole lot, and they can never get ahead. And then after that, she told me, I asked her about, I was thinking, maybe she's going to do one time. I didn't know what to do. And she said that Mark, they thought Mark would be like, become this big tattoo artist because he was this underground guy, you know, like Irons or whatever. But yeah. it ain't like that because when he went over to, to work for the guys in Apprentice, everyone treated him like shit. And they were like, I don't want him to tattoo me. I don't know who he is. I never heard of. Baudet, Baudet or Baudet yeah. or whatever, and uh, he doesn't, he's new, and no, and he, he was treated like an absolute piss fan in the industry. I don't know whatever happened since then. I was but in that he, one movie with him, 
uh, called What is Art. Uh -huh. Have you ever heard of that? I, I, I think I did hear of it. It was like done by uh, Stephen Johnson Leva from the First Church of Satan. You know, it's like Anton LaVey's nephew or whatever. Uh, oh, okay. and, and he put the movie together and uh, he put H.R. Giger in it and uh, Gen right. Genesis Peorge. And then H.R. Giger fucking passed away like a year later, man. I thought it was like yeah, well, a, a year after the release of the movie or something like that. That's weird. Yeah, I, I was lucky to get in there with him. I, I thought it was great, you know, and uh, yeah. I always liked it. And, and people today, till this day will still be like, Geiger? And I'm like, no, I'm in a fucking movie with him, dude. It's Geiger, bro. Just get over yeah, it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'll still get that <laughs> shit from professional <laughs> motherfuckers, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> And I'm like, you never learned that, huh? I bet you still say Matt Groening, too. You know? Yeah, Groening. It's Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk from the Elastic Superhero Collection. I can beat that. You can tie them in a tangle and see how they unwrangle. You can stretch the legs and arms. It won't do any harm. Watch this. The Elastic Spider-Man and Hulk. Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk, each sold separately from the Elastic Superhero Collection by Migo. Come on, kids. If you want to grow up fast, take one of these. <laughs> one puff and they'll soon be in my grasp. Not so fast, Nicotine. If you want to go up fast, take one of these. With my X-ray vision, I can see the harm cigarettes do inside people's bodies. That's why I never say yes to a cigarette. Just try one. If you don't like it, it's easy to give up. Uh-oh. Nicotine. I'd better move fast. Up, up and away! Go on, kid. Go on. Superman, is it hard to give up smoking or is it easy like nicotine says? You no good windbag, nicotine. No, no, Superman. Leave me one. Please, I need one. <laughs> yes. That's how hard it is. And that's why I never say yes to a cigarette. <laughs> Groaning, moaning. So what do you call it? Giga was doing dead Kennedy's covers and shit. It was great. You know? Oh, yeah. You remember that penis landscape? And it's got uh, the fucking ass, uh, all the dicks fucking the assholes like on the horizon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a ch yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if that was Winston Smith or uh, I guess it was Winston Smith and H.R. Giger were collaborated at one point, probably. Yeah. But because Danny gave me a Winston Smith signed signed piece. You know, I did the heavy metal episode, John, and I. And I was like, well, you know, that's where I learned about Mark Bodie and Von Bodie was off uh, Cobalt 60. And when I was friends okay. with Mark Bodie in 2006 and 7, we were actually friends. He tried to get me to go, like, uh, graffiti with him. And I was like, no, nah, it's not really my thing, man. And I, and I didn't really, I was just, I kind of, I saw how my stuff would be like, you know, and all that thing. I just didn't like the whole crowd I would generate. And I, yeah. you know, and I was like, nah, I don't want to get involved. You know, I'm not, you know, then I'm, then I'm into hip hop and all this shit. And I'm kind of a redneck, yeah, man. I just, I like, well, you know, I like, I'm metal and punk rock and I'm old school. And yeah. just kind of weird. If I vandalize, I don't want anyone to be there, you know? <laughs> right, right. I knew a kid, I was friends with this guy in the early 80s. And when I first met him, 
he had this empty bed in his room, like there were twin beds. Yeah. And he's like, ah, that's my brother. He's in jail for graffiti. He was in jail for a while, man. They weren't fucking around in New York. Oh, I know. That kid, I didn't meet that kid for like a year after I fucking met his brother. You know, oh man, I want to shift gears real fast. I wanted to talk about the heavy metal episode. I'll just let you go listen to it, man. There's some, all I'll say is there's forbidden comic book knowledges on that episode that you would totally be like, wow. But the, uh. Oh, your podcast. Yeah, well, I started it right after the virus. And it because when Dan, let me tell you, man, when Dan Fogel fucked me over with Larry Wells, I had a stroke. That's how fucking hardcore I stressed out. And you literally had a stroke? I had two, I had two mini strokes. What do you call them? CDTs in, uh, in New Orleans at my mom's house, man. When that happened, I was at my mom's house when I found out about it. My mom was like, Damn boy, I, I see the shroud of darkness, <laughs> and, uh, and and it was, and and I had just had enough of Dan Fogel's pussy shit, man. And I, you know, man, I I did a lot for that cat, and it, he yeah, make it look like he made it look like I he make it look like he did a lot for me, and he did, but it was a two way road, man. You know, and it it's like, hey, you're dealing. I'm a genius. I'm fucking mentally ill, crazy, and that's how I produce this shit. You got to know that. Well, you can't just be friends with people like me and not expect repercussions. It's like, dude. Here's the problem with this is people need to recognize that you can crank out product professionally really fast and highly driven to do it. You and Dan and watched me do that while I was homeless in Spokane. <laughs> During the winter. <laughs> I drew that yeah, fucking wow. book in the fucking library. I remember you telling me that. And I was talking to you. I had about seven talks with you throughout the duration of the cre- creation of that Condemocrats first issue. And I, I'm just so yeah. thankful it is on, you know, I know as much as disdain as I have for Crumb, he did do the things that allowed me and produced this shit, you know, to get into this and help create that platform. It's too bad people got, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely, man. That's why I believe in their own children. These guys, they, we are their children, and they they don't they they drown us. Yep, they try to drown us, and and I think that's a good fucking way to put it. That's a great analogy, you know. And I think that's the way it, it's you know really close to that, man. Because it's just like it's like <sighs> that generation. I got to tell you, we you're Gen X, I'm Gen X. What yeah. year were you born? Seventy two. Uh, we were born real close. I'm born in sixty six. We're Gen X. That generation, we're the first generation to have the generation behind us do everything they could to fuck over progress. Every generation before us had the support and help of the previous one. Yep. And it didn't turn around. There was a lot of them, and they stuck around for a long time, and now it's affecting the the, the millennials, and it affects the Gen Y kids. They were the first generation to fuck everything down to a, to a downward trend. Everything went up until then. You see, what they want is they want to be the B.O.N. endle Robert Crumb wants to be the guy. If he helps new people come up, maybe he'll get pushed into the past as also. Maybe they get pushed in, maybe they'll be a used to his clown. And they're all like that. They all want whatever they did to be it. And you know what? You encouraged, inspired, and, and, and made a lot of people happy enough to actually want to do it, too. 
and you take a big shit on them. I'm not going to do that to these new ones. You know what? I, 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 I think, you know what, man? It's up to us to stop the wheel of shit. And I, I don't want to fucking stop drawing, bro. I, you know, I like comics. And, and I, 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 I fucking don't. I'm not in it for them. Even if they did inspire me at Once Upon a Time, I've been learning over this virus how to forgive and how to look at the good things and keep them separated from the realities of the things that are. And yeah, that's good advice, actually. If, it, if that, that would make great advice to anyone. Uh, that's, well, you got to be your own doctor now because the mental health system sucks. So whatever, well, you know, operational thing you just heard me spout off, that was because I had to be my own doctor to get the results yeah, out of it. I've had to myself a bunch of times. That's it, you know. Pat yourself up, dude. I mean, you're all you got, and you're all you're really leaving with, man. In the end, you know. But I feel like the things that we do in between um, are are based out of actions in the in the heart. And if we look at it like that, and we look at these creators like Bodie and Crumb and Wells and these guys who are cock, I just call them straight up cock blockers, man. But you know, if you if you look at them. Uh, you know, and they went through their own trials and they helped form this thing. Now we can do something, pick up the mantle and keep it clean for these kids so that, you know, there is such a thing as creator's rights. There is such a thing as like, you know, where, uh, um, you know, the person can express themselves in, in the ways that they want and bring back underground because independent is a cool movement, but it was really just made for the Hernandez brothers and, you know, a couple other cats that were oh, like, man. you know what I mean? It was just like, it kind of goes into the a oligarchy. pretentious shit. It's the oligarchy, the underground oligarchy. Yeah, it's pretentious. And, and I, you know, I never fucking like, I was just like, you know, I never got into the whole thing like that. I do love underground and I think that it still is valid. And when me, you and Mike put out those fucking books, via Dan Fogel, via Dana Crum, handing that fucking imprint over, we became, what happened was Hippie Comics got reinstituted from whatever the last time it was used, what, 64, 65, you know, yeah. some bullshit, and, and handed to Dana, and then when she handed it to, you know, that became a, a legit imprint from that time period and the first imprint to be to breach into the 21st century to put out fucking the first Silver Age Underground comics. Right. And that was it. Well, Dan needs to, Dan likes to keep things small, unfortunately. Yeah, well, he did a lousy job of, of uh, being, you know, and, and I was, now after the virus, I was like, he ain't got no business at all. You know, and I was just like, mm-hmm. I did take that into consideration that karma's a bitch. It's like you wanted to cock block me. Here comes the virus. Now you ain't got a fucking con either. Yeah, you know what? That happened to a lot of people who was uh, a lot of people who were on the uh, kind of screwing everyone over. They kind of got screwed back. That's pretty funny. It was karmatic. It was. I was just karmatic, like, baby. it was, man. You know. I felt like, hey, I had two strokes over that motherfucker. I had different strokes. That's what I said on one episode. <laughs> I was talking to my buddy out in SF. He's, he does the underground mission comics. And it's like some little, like, unless you were there or, or are there, you know, 
and part of this whole yeah. Clarion Alley, which has a Mark Bodie connection because Mark has work in the Clarion Alley, and he has that San Francisco tie. But these kids are doing underground comics. Mark's not going to help them out, you know? He's not going to be a part of this thing. That's what I always thought. It was just like, hey, no matter how old you get, invite new people in. Keep it going, and keep the presses rolling, man. I, I don't know what the fucking problem is. People, like, wanting to fucking, oh, it's all about my art, my one-shot, my fucking glorious uh, purpose. What are you, fucking Loki? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do, well, man, it, you know, I'm glad to... I think that you and I and Mike should start the slow death and do the thing that Bobby London did while he was working with Doug Kenny at National Lampoon. Right. And they took fucking Mickey Mouse and yep. they and they did yep. air pilots. I think we should just take Greg Iron's Slow Death and keep it rolling and make Slow Death a book that people who always get yep. fucking left out can contribute to finally. And you know they're fucking better than a lot of other motherfuckers. That's why they're getting cock blocked. You know, I got to tell you, the first thing I thought of was when whatever Crumb said to Damon, the first thing I thought of was that, you know what, I could draw circles around a lot of the other guys he support. It's not about anything but that. It's who he feels like, whatever. And then he's all with Aaron Lang. Aaron Lang traces photographs of a Sharpie, okay? Give me a break. Say that last um, part again, John. What would you just say? I'm sorry. Aaron Lang traces photographs with a Sharpie. Oh, yeah. And it, that's... And it looks like he traces. I mean, it's clear that he does. And this is Crumb's, one of Crumb's champions that he, that he endorses because, you know why? He doesn't want anyone. He only endorses anyone who's actually good because they might make him look bad, I think. Well, man, I don't think you should stop comics. I think you should do Flushing Queens. You should do a comic book about Flushing Queens. You should draw it, man. And that I was thinking about doing something at some point. Like don't don't stop, man. My head the other hey, day. you're a fucking great fucking underground comic book artist. And you I know what? I appreciate that coming from you because I don't think much of my work, but I know, like compared to some of the shit I've seen out there, it's a little better. But I appreciate you saying that. The only problem I ever had with the book was that fucking Dan had to fill up fucking a bunch of uh, pages in the back that you and I could have utilized a lot better. And fucking, yeah. and and uh, other than that, man, your work's fucking great, dude. There's nothing wrong with your work. Uh, Mike Diana felt the same way. And uh, so, you, you know, me and Mike, we've gone through shit. The slow death thing busted my balls. I had to get him back on the show, and he admitted that he was just, he wasn't one of these blowhards, bro. He could have been. He could have been like Bodie or any of these other, he could have been like, fuck, fuck y'all, you know, or fuck Adam. Uh, Mike's still human for that. No, he's really a real dude. He's a real artist. He's a real guy. He's got real feelings. He fucking cares about people, man. I never got along with Jay Lynch. We used to kind of bicker on, on he called me hostile in a public group, underground group. What'd he I call you? Hostile. Hostile. And you know, I never got along with him person either. Uh you know, and then when he died, I did go to his memorial at, at um uh SVA.
like to draw or paint or maybe just sketch and doodle? Well, if you do, chances are you have the interest needed to become a serious art student. To find out, simply call toll-free and Art Instruction Schools will send you this enjoyable art test. There's no cost or obligation. Take the test at home in your spare time and mail it to us when you're done. Our experts will review and grade your test. Call our toll-free number today for your free art test. Don't let the wonderful world of art pass you by. To get your free art test without cost or obligation, call this toll-free number. Don't delay. Call this toll-free number now. Great story! An old wizard teaching kids tricks with cigarettes. Hmm, cigarettes. I don't like the sound of that. Up, up and away! Watch me, kids. One puff and they'll soon be in my grasp. <laughs> if it's a puff you want... It's the cocaine! Again. One thing you can't disguise, kids, the harm cigarettes do to you. That's why I never say yes to a cigarette. Maybe. Hi. Do you know what this is? It's the letter S. And it stands not only for Superman, but for a lot of other words as well. Speed, for instance. And sky. And spaceship. also stands for sea, and sailboat, and storm, and sinking, and save, and sand. Yes, sir, S is a very important letter. So the next time you think of Superman, think of the letter S. And, um, Spiegelman got up there to talk. What what is what a fucking jackass! <laughs> oh my god! He was like, I, I stood, I saw him was just sticking needles up my ass the whole time he was up there, and he was so pretentious and so full of himself. And then he stopped and he take a big dramatic drag off his vape pen, and <laughs> I mean, he was such a fool. I was, like, nauseated. In fact, everybody who got up there, the only people who didn't make me sick were Glenhead <laughs> and Kim Deitch. They were the only ones that didn't make me want to vomit. And Kim Deitch was cool because I, I had an argument with Kim Deitch. I got into it with Kim Deitch. Kim Deitch is a little funny. When I first came in, he was a big champion of mine. Then I said a few things that had nothing to do with comics in one of my threads, and I guess he didn't like it anymore. And then he backed away, and then he pretended he didn't know me at the at this SBA thing. Yep. But the things he said didn't get on my nerves. That's all I want to say. He wasn't 
when he went up there, he wasn't full of himself, and he really focused on, you know, what the why they were there. He didn't try to be a big star. He was very objective, and, and he, he had prepared a, a bit of a speech that was well written. He was okay. Like I'm saying, I don't like the guy, but he didn't make me want to vomit like Spiegelman. <laughs> <laughs> and Glenn has a pretty human guy. I got to tell you, he's okay, Glenn. Oh man, he sounds. <laughs> You're fucking hilarious, still, bro. I love that shit. <laughs> that <laughs> you got a delicate way of wording things. I, I just, well, you know, you I'm partial to. Yeah, it's great. Now we're new diplomacy, baby. New York, man. It, it, that old New school New York. It's old school. It's an old school part of New York. That's pretty much extinct. It sure is. It's a fading part of New York. Now you got these kids from Ohio saying, I ain't from Brooklyn. Uh-huh. You ain't whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh... You're from Brooklyn. You pay, you pay too much rent in Brooklyn, but you're from, you're from Cincinnati, dude. <laughs> I, uh, you know... Oh, did you know how much money I made at that Big Apple, by the way? No. $3,000. At that Big Apple con? I did. You know what I made? What? Zero. I didn't, you know, it was a a freak accident, man. The guy came up to me, and I was selling all these wood pieces. You remember that shit? I had shit drawn on wood. I actually thought about that the other day. I had this vision pass randomly through my head of you opening a cloth with those in it. That fucking is why... You know, shit blasted off, and I got all that money. It wasn't the books. I didn't make shit off any books, bro. I would have made... Oh, 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 really? Well, I would have made I zero made off the books. About them. I was like, damn, those are cool. Well, I didn't make shit off the books, I, you know, and I didn't even get a full set of the motherfuckers, man. Really? No, I don't, I don't even have a full set. I just got one copy of my book. That's it. Well, I have... Mine in storage in New York, and when Joe's dickhead brother gets around to finally caring enough to send us our shit after we ran down here at his behest, then I could send you at least that. And if I have any uh, of Mike's, I'll send you that too. I would love to have just all three, man, framed. I, I, I don't blame you. It's not right that you don't. You should have been given that at the show. I should have. I should have fucking just been here. Take these. I know, I, I wanted to, and I just didn't know what the deal was, and then by the time, you know, everything by was said and done. everything clears up, and then what know. the fuck happened. And I, I was hanging out with, so like, Peter David, his crippled ass, fucking him helping him break it down his shit. And he was actually a cool do- guy. I was like, man, for a guy who fucking ruined Aquaman, you're fucking pretty cool. <laughs> you know what? It's funny about Peter David. I had two experiences with him. I had two experiences with him. And one of them was, he took us out to dinner, his treat, he took uh, me and Joe and Dan and Glenn Fabre, the guy that draws the covers for Preacher. Yeah. And we all went to the TikTok diner over there in Herald Square. And we had a great night, and he was super cool. Yeah, he was. that's what and I got out of it, man. He was like a cool guy. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and then the next time I saw him, I went up to him. He acted like a fucking roasted asshole flying through the air like a flying saucer at me. Whoa. And then everyone, and I, I said, okay, and I backed up, and I wanted to observe. And other people that were coming up to him, he was being a dick. And then I put it together. His wife wasn't with him the time he was cool. 
And then the time he was acting like an asshole to everybody, his wife was there. She probably gets on his nerves like something fierce. Wow. I was like, damn, Peter, I thought we were friends. You know, I didn't say that. I was just like, I'm, I wasn't really there to get into it with anybody. I just... <laughs> we got some stories, huh, man? We got stories, baby. Yeah, I know, man. We have we. You know, I told that to Mike on the last show. He's like, "Hey, man, we. You know, I've I've done my time, dude. I I deserve to have known about that slow death." And Mike was like, really repentant, man. He was like, "You know what? I should just, I should have just told you about it." But I felt like, hey, I didn't want to tell you that you got rejected out of slow death. And I could understand. Oh, yeah, I, anyway. I could understand that. I was just like, "Hey, man, you know that shit." Slow death's religion to me, man. Greg Irons is religion to me. If it weren't for like Greg Irons and the aesthetic of kind of Greg Irons in this way, I don't think that. I think he was kind of the aesthetic of what underground really was because they had all the underground groups settled. If you read the book from Fanographics, uh, and I've been pimping that book off in three episodes now, but. If you, like, read the book from Fantagraphics called You Call This Art, it does state about his journey towards Fillmore and tattooing and, like, how he tried to get into these groups in in the Bay Area, and they were all, like, kind of the same attitude they have to this day. It's just clickety-clickety-clack, you know? It's like, if you don't know motherfuckers, you can't come in, or you gotta have some kind of specific stylization that's really what it is, and I felt like they might have looked at Greg Irons at that time, and you had guys who were shining out like Robert Williams with this right. kind of fucking line that no one else could ever achieve. You right. Know, no one else has ever been able to draw like Robert Williams, as far as I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't see him too many imitators. You know, Kathy Todd told me that she had Gilbert as the uh, editor-in-chief mm-hmm. for a while over at Ripple. Um, he was working for as the editor in chief. Yeah, and he rejected Drew Friedman. Oh wow! And that's like he said, <laughs> "What?" She, she, was <laughs> she was pretty pissed because it was her company, and I was like, "Hey, you made him editor in chief." <laughs> that's so weird, man. She rejected <clears throat> Drew Friedman, and Drew Friedman just sent to someone else and became a star immediately. Oh yeah. No, he he still never got the kind of credibility that he even deserved, you know? There was still some kind of, like, not as prominent as a lot of, uh, well, you know? Well, like I said about this, the generational thing is he wasn't there in the 60s, so, you know, fuck him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. And, uh... Now it's time to... We're the people who made their wealth possible. They're supporters, and they're just like, no, fuck you. Oh, man. I'm just sitting here like a heated fucking motherfucker just waiting to fucking attack this new system and to strike that motherfucker like, you know, kind of the way Crumb did, you know, and and just like, but the difference would be to change the attitude. I think, you know, it's awesome what Crumb did with the, and, and, and what all these guys did, Wilson, you know, and it was nice to, as an ad- additional cliff note, it was nice to know that me, you, and Mike were on the same publishing uh, uh, outfit that S. Clay Wilson and all these guys, Crumb. Yeah. Uh, that, I was very excited to have a trilogy with you, the, the trilogy with you guys, too, you know? 
you know, to be up there, I felt like I made it to the Hall of Greats in that by the time we did, you know, in my mind, in that fantasy camp kind of world, you know, I felt like I made it to the Hall of Greats uh, by the time I was on Hippie, yeah. Hippie Comics with you. And that, that to me was just, it meant everything. I think that's why by the time it was over, it struck me too hard. And I wasn't really expecting, I thought Dan would want to cash in on me, to be honest. Because he knew I was a powerhouse, and I just didn't understand why he just had to be so uh, timid and afraid about Dan everything. Dan is the person who is so cautious that he's cautious to the point, he so protects himself so much that he's his own worst enemy. I mean, he kind of blew it. Mike was like, I'll never work with him again. He blows it all the time. Uh, now, he spent, that's another realization I had as a result of that show, I had no fault. The realization that I had is when I came back, immediately Dan started touting me as the, the new greatest underground comic artist since the 60s, and holy shit, this guy, he is the premier of the new underground, all this blah, blah, fucking baloney. I guess this was in 2011, 12. And yeah. then, at that show, outside, he introduced me to Larry Wells the same way. This is John Orlando, and he is the, whatever, whatever nonsense he said about me that I never took seriously anyway. Uh, he introduced me the same way, and then I started thinking, okay, so if this is the way Dan has felt about me, or said so for the past 10 years, yeah, okay, and he's a publisher, how come he never published me until now? It's a good he question. Watched me, he watched me go through unbelievable poverty for the sake of just staying at my drawing board. And I'm a married man. You know, I'm not alone. I ha you know, and my wife had to suffer along with me, and she, she did it. And, you know, all these years he watched that happen, and he's a publisher, and all these years he's telling me, he's introducing me to the Cherry Pop Park guy, he's the premier of the new one, the, 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 the most blah, 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 whatever. Now, I don't yeah. remember exactly what he said, but some kind of hyperbole, that whatever, I roll. So, I, I just, like, that night, I was like, wow, he's been saying this for 10 years. Finally, he publishes me. Where was he for the past 10 years while I was suffering? And what does he do? He doesn't promote the book at all. He keeps everything boutique and tiny, and it just really didn't go anywhere. I didn't make any money off that book. Really. No. Nope. It was all novelty in a way. I mean, the way he did it, you know, it was just for the show, or it just seemed like it was one yeah, of these it hospitality was books. Yeah. A promo for his company. I noticed that everybody bought, my, you know, more people bought Mike's book because he's, you know, he's got that name out there. He's like the, the patron's, you know, martyr of underground, which he is. You know, he took us, he took some real hard knocks over. And they still, but you know, but man, you're right. And I, I just, you know what that just reminds me of? Just I was like the slow death. What they paid him on the page rate? They gave him fifty bucks for a fucking page in that slow death book. Fifty bucks. That's disgusting. And. I was like, and Crumb's in the fucking... How much, did you, how much did you pay fucking Lord Crumb? Huh? I seriously doubt that guy did shit for free. I doubt he did it for free, and I doubt he did it for fucking 50 bucks. I'm pretty fucking dollars and donuts about that shit, all right? That fucking pisses me off. It's like 1971 rate. 
Yo, man, and that's what I got paid in Hustler. I got paid fucking, uh, I was getting 25 a page, and that is more understandable in a way because the comic only comes out two times a fucking year, and it's got a lowball fucking rate. You look at Last Gasp, who is, like, identified still to this day as this, like, more, you know, underground uh, entity. It's not Hustler. It's fucking, you know, something else, man. And it just, and the lack of fucking attention, and because, like, of all the people just not caring about anything but themselves, dude. And I, and I think that has depreciated. It's going to be up to you and me, John. To take it over. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, it's funny because I was considering doing something like, I've always been either I'm going to do art or I'm going to do music. I go back and forth. Do both. And I've been doing so much <laughs> art for the music. And I've been thinking there was this strip I used to do that I did a little bit of in, um, in um, Fuck You. It was uh, called The Shooting Blanks. And I feel like I could write the hell out of that and just keep going without it being like me hitting my life. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll do it sometime soon. I don't know. I'll keep in touch. Okay. Keep in touch with me, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, sure. let's talk, dude. And I, yeah, I, man. You're good to talk to. And you, you know what? You, you, you're a good, you'd make a good therapist. An underground cartoon therapist, right? Underground cartoon. You got a good way of putting things in perspective. <laughs> An underground cartoon therapy. That's what we really are in. Both you and I are, are future doctors of these younger people that are going to be looking for these platforms when Crumb's been maggot meat for about 40 years now. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man, you know, they already don't care, but... You know, that's that's how it goes. Hey, hold on one second. Be right back. Introducing the world's greatest superheroes. Batman and Robin, the dynamic duo. Superman, the man of steel. Aquaman, the famous undersea crime fighter. Tarzan of the Apes. Shazam, now featured on network television. Captain America, fighting injustice the world over. Spider-Man, the weird wall climber. The super foes, the arch enemies of the superheroes. The super gals, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, Batgirl, and Catwoman. The Green Arrow, crime fighter from the forest. Iron Man, power personified. The Falcon, that great black superhero. The Green Goblin, Spider-Man's strange enemy. The Lizard, half man, half beast. And that fantastic green giant superhero, the Hulk. And for 1976, the Fantastic Four, the torch, faster than the speed of light. The Thing, Ben Grimm, Man of Granite. Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Girl both have the powers of invisibility. The Fantastic Four, fighting for truth and honor. 
Superman with his sword of justice. Thor, using his Viking power against evil. What's up, guys? Well, we're coming to the end of the fifth season. And the virus is still around. Ugh. I'm going to keep making these fucking shows, man. <laughs> Only God can stop me. And I'm going to keep exposing more shit and more problems that people just aren't fucking talking about. Or maybe they are and they just need more talked about. Either way, I encourage you to fucking stick around, gird your loins, <laughs> and join me on the battlefield with Adam Air MD, GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. Like some motherfuckers. Hello? Adam? Yeah. What's up? Not much, man. Just fucking packing it up and getting ready to head to school. Oh, I'll be going to school next spring, you know. Right. So that's uh, been on my mind. That's about it. Primary directives. What's going on with you? Ah, dealing with a bunch of shit. I freaking. I got a business partner who's freaking dropping the ball big time, and then I got a. There was a house fire last month. Ooh. At my neighbor's that jumped over into my house and took out freaking a corner of my house and my greenhouse. So just dealing with fucking bunch of insurance bullshit. What's the name of your business again? It's like an Indian kind of thing. Uh, is that Zenbu? Is it Indian? Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. Well, shows what I know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so I, t I texted Emily and I was just like, I need to talk to you. I'd rather prefer it be in person rather than on the phone. So is she there? No, I haven't. I haven't gotten a time when she's coming, but she'll come by sometime today. Well. I need a way to be able to communicate. Well, I'm I'm recording that this call. I'm telling you in advance. I don't want her to know it, and I shouldn't oh, you even don't, tell you. you. Don't want her to know now. No, well, unless she's, I want her unless she's going to be down with it. But if she's not down with it, she won't take the call. She won't take the call. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it gives her the option to fucking be like, nope. And I think she'll speak more freer. <laughs> Yeah, if it's you know, uh, but uh, oh, yeah, no, nobody likes nobody likes that feeling of freaking being recorded. So yeah, yeah. Um, it, I mean, you know, it's just like I have to because there's the false allegation of like accusing somebody of uh, of of threatening a woman that she's going to get gang raped. That's that's illegal, right? And saying it's illegal, and uh, you know. I like I said, I've had some violent moments in my life, but uh, never have I displayed that you know side of yeah. any kind of any shit like that, man. You know, and um, so well, 
how, so how, do, how should I how should I do it then? It's like should I have her? I'm not sure. Call you when she gets here. Well, I would just like you know what I would really like in the end, dude, is for her to just be like, I should have turned this guy in. I right. want I want her to acknowledge that other women got hurt because she didn't over the years. Right. I need that. Yeah. I, and I want a solid ass fucking friendship and a fucking apology. She needs to know I need an apology for from her for accusing me of shit and not even letting me fucking defend myself. It's bullshit, yeah. dude. You know, that's and that's hardcore shit. I had to go reaching out, dude. So was it her that was freaking talking smack on you or Holly? It's both of them because Holly told her that shit and I had just met back up with Emily and I liked her. And, and uh, I was, we were speaking pretty free and stuff. I think she was like vibing out all weird, you know, like you, it's her, dude. It's just how, right. she, you yeah. know, it's her character. Yeah. I know that much about her. Uh, yeah. But, um, and I was just like, dude, this fucking, uh, uh, I got back to this house because I was caregiving uh, this woman who tried to kill me. And I was staying with her because she's an elder. And in Gresham or whatever. So she dropped me off. I was like, God, I want to kill this chick. You know, I of course didn't. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you, you can feel however the fuck you want. I'm with Emily. I'm like, I can speak freely, whatever. And, uh, and I did. And, I, you know, that was about as hardcore as I got. I was like, I really want to kill this lady. <laughs> and it didn't have shit to do with anything I'm talking to you about. And it's right. not, it's not an issue because, that lady's still around, being a pirate, whatever. I haven't talked to her in six months now. I gave up that job because, you know, she was violent. Yeah. And you can't be around violent elders. And I look like a vanilla Sasquatch, and she's like, you know, <laughs> 50 pounds, you know, soaking wet, dude, right. you know. Right. Uh, but um, I just, like, was like, dude. And I, you know, so I left the job, and I, I just left peace, peacefully. And that's all that happened with that. But, you know, while that, that, that night... I called her back, and I was like, hey, when are we going to see each other again? I was ready to ask her out again, because uh-huh. I like her, dude. I think she looks like a fucking cartoon character. It's awesome, <laughs> you know? And uh, it just fits my criteria and how fucking bizarre I am, you know, and, and my own occultic likes and needs. And, um, and she fits right in, man. And I was just like, dude, you know? And she told me about this Holly Otis. Really, man, I've never met Holly Otis, and I've heard her name in New York. Mm-hmm. Here and there, and who cares? It's like these circles of uh, tribal cross punk that I never associated with, and I knew them, but I I didn't know them. You know what I mean? I didn't really know yeah. anybody because I raised my kid, yeah, and I had to deal with Noel's fucking abusive bullshit for twenty years while I missed out on everything. So you know, I made my choice not to just be a sperm donor, mm-hmm. even though my kid might argue that and say otherwise. You know. But uh, right. that's on him. <laughs> Dude, I know what I did. I was there, bro. <laughs> and I went through the shit <laughs> in, in dignity and all <laughs> as a single gutter punk parent putting up with everybody fucking thinking they were better than me and all the kinds of shit. Abuse, mental health system, fucking antics, all this other shit. So here in the future for Emily to fucking demonstrate that shit to me, it's one more stab in the gut from someone that I thought might be family. Right. You know what I mean? I don't like that fucking feeling, Finn. At all. So what, so what, do, you, so what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I don't know, man. I want to fucking uh, fix this shit. I would like to fucking uh, 
have. I mean, do you want do you want me to have her call you? I would like the three of us to be. Yeah, man, I'm here until fucking. Okay. I'm I'm leaving out at four thirty or at the okay. at the earliest, five at the latest, something yeah, like it'll that. Be, it'll be before that, yeah. And you know, I'm just here packing my shit. I'm I'm calm, and I know you guys. And I just want the truth to be to come out finally before I fucking start the second half of my fucking life, because you guys had a hand in fucking ruining the first half. You know, and I fucking deserve that shit. That's how I see it. Okay. And I would like that, man. And you know, deep down, Finn, you know I love you, dude. And I'm not, <laughs> that's not bullshit. And I fucking love Emily too, man. And it's sad that Mikey fucking probably did fucking rape her ass, and I'm pretty sure that he did. And I think that fucking, you know, now that there's not a statue of limitations, it needs to, the three of us, Need to turn him in. Well, I mean, that's going to be, that's all going to be on Emily, what she wants to do, really. Well, that's kind of bullshit. No. It's not anymore, though, see, because it became a case where I was affected by it. And it happened in my house. And it fucking happened at a time where there was an arson that illegally got me fucking kicked out of my fucking house. Right. And according to Emily, <laughs> and she'll, she may say otherwise today, but she fingers your ass, bro. And she yep. fucking was like, hey, Finn knew about it. He helped me get out of there. And I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. And, uh, and, he, and she, then she continued by saying, I'm still friends with him right now, da-da-da-da. So everything you just told me, you know, on the first phone call, I already knew that shit because she told me about it. That's how, that's how you know I'm, if, if this wasn't true, hey, man, pff. What a waste of fucking time, okay? I want to get this fucking shit over with. I want to know if we are friends, if you guys are going to be a part of my life, of where I'm going, and uh, I need the support. And I need you guys to know that I have PTSD, and I need you guys to understand that's the kind of friend that you would accept having. And if not, hey man, I want to take care of this shit, and I want to fucking make sure that she's either lying this is the core. She's either lying about the fucking rape thing and she's pulling the Holly Otis fucking deal and she's following suit, which right. it very well fucking 50% fucking could be. Or right. the other 50% she fucking admits Mikey is a fucking whatever and they go up to fucking Northeast Portland and fucking get his ass. Because I know that's where the fuck he is, squatting in that fucking liver transplant fucking mutant's fucking house still. So whatever. I know that. <laughs> he... <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm fucking, fuck those guys too for harboring his ass. They know what he did. You know, and a bunch of people do. And I, and you know, and if you do, bro, damn, that sucks, man. You know, I, I fucking, uh, if what she's saying is true and, and you're not coming clean with me, that's on you too, bro. And I'm just going to say that in advance. Okay. Cause I don't want to yeah, fuck I, around. You I, know? Haven't, I haven't lied to you. Man. I'm not lying to you either. And I respect it, and I would like to keep you guys in my life because you guys are cool as fuck, and I, I, you have the aesthetic that I of the person that I want to keep in my life, and the kind of hearts I know you both have. And if that's the case, then she's got to come clean today, bro. And if not, then she starts talking shit again. Fuck her. Fuck you. I'm taking it to the fucking law, and I'll fucking take it from there, because I will make it a fucking case, dude. And I can open that can of worms and I will 
okay? Because I lost my kid out of this shit because of Mikey's shit. And you guys sitting around, and I, you may not have been shooting dope, but every, every, everybody else was. And ruining my shit, and I, got, I lost my fucking career. That was the beginning of my comic book publishing, man. You don't have to give a fuck about that. And I don't have to give a fuck about your fucking food cart, see? You see what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, well, I hope you fucking do, dude, on that end, because I'm really dead serious about that shit, Finn. And people didn't take me serious back then. You guys kind of fucking made fun of me. And you saw me wearing my heart on the fucking sleeve all the fucking time, and you played it. I didn't forget about that shit. And you did it, and everybody else fucking did it to me, too. I fucking remember, okay? You ain't gonna talk me out of it. I, re I fucking remember things the way I fucking remember them. And I remember them. And I remember helping you motherfuckers out. And I remember getting fucked over out of it. And so that's where I'm at. In the future here. As a staunchy fucking dick. Because I turned out that way and you guys helped that fucking formulate. Even Emily back in December. Just last year helped me formulate just a little bit harder of a fucking dick. And I'm going to show you guys that I am one. If you fuck with me. And if this bitch fucking doesn't come clean today. She's going to fucking come clean. I'm going to get it on fucking recording. She, you can tell her that shit. And she can be a dick. And I'll be cool. I'm not going to sound mad like I'm getting built up right now. Because the more I think about it and the longer it fucking takes, the more it's pissing me off. Well, I'm, I'm not going to tell her that she's getting recorded. If you want to tell her that, that's up to you. I will tell her after. And I'm going to tell her after she fucking talks this shit. And if she talks shit, I'm going to have it. And I'm going to know if she's fucking lying. And I'm going to hand it right on over, man. Because Mikey needs to be put in fucking prison at that point. And, you know, I'm down with fucking rapists and chomos. I don't give a fuck who they were or how close I was to them. Fuck those motherfuckers. Okay? Yeah. Fuck them straight up. I ain't... <laughs> it's over, dude. You crossed the shit line. There's a few shit lines you can't cross in the human world, dude. That's... That's one of them, man. Can't take it back. It's fucked. <clears throat> and I'm not going to have it. And now that I, she had let that cat out of the bag in December... And we'll see if, how close to the to the mark my my story matches with hers, and hope right. and if she's telling the truth, it should match, and if she's not, it won't, and that's how I put it. And you're gonna know it. And if you know her, you've been her fr her friend apparently this whole time, pretty much, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So you would be able to pick it up on detail if this was the thing, right? Yeah, I mean. We've, we've never even talked since the freaking that event. We've never even freaking broached the subject. Well, you know, and, it's, and that's the thing. It's like, well, I, I don't if it was freaking. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's kind of weird. And yeah. not only that, I don't know why she would uh, tell me except for the fact that I, you know, that's the only way I really know her is because you guys brought her over to me. Right. And I didn't know her before that. And Jake and her were like new additions to the original 13th and whatever back the house back then, you know, which was cool right. as fuck. And I'll never forget those precious moments. <laughs> Corvus Corax. That was the that was Corvus Corax to me, not this UK crap or whatever, Paul. <laughs> I heard about it. Uh, See, I, can't, I didn't. I don't even remember. I was like, freaking. I was trying to think back, and I'm like, was fucking Jake there? Was fucking Ren? No. Ren wasn't there, right? Jake came after. Um, after? Okay. Yeah, because I lived in the house. 
you guys bought the bus at the end of the 13th Street thing, and then you named it the Krakenheim and drove off. I didn't see you guys for like about a year. By the time you guys came back, you had Emily. All right. And you had Jake. Right, right. And it was like 95. Me and Chris Seeger scored that house in five points, and you guys just parked the motherfucker in front of the house. And So Chris, was Chris there that night? Yeah, he was, and he got. He was. Yep. Have you talked to him? Does he have? No, we're not friends. We're not friends anymore. No. Mm -mm. He's not. So he's. I would not be having a talk like this with him. All right. He. There would be no talk like this with him, dude. That's where he drove our friendship and directions over the last twenty years since you and I have not talked. You know. Gotcha. So that's it. Was it was it's over, man. But I do want to be serious about it, and it's it's about the rape thing. And I don't, you know, as far as her accusations towards me, it's like prove it. And then um, what I got to say about fucking uh, uh, this thing is that she did it. She already admitted it to me, so I have to fucking really, you know, do something about it anyway. Because I pretty much think like a cop these days, and I don't really care about anybody's opinion about it. And I, I really, you know, I, I want to bust pedophiles for a living, legally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons I'm going to school, man. Help change laws for kids. So they don't have to fucking worry about this shit and CPS being, you know, bullshit and all this other crap, you know. And right. cr- creating new platforms, man. That's where I'm heading. I'd like for you and Emily to be a part of that. Do you know that? Well, I don't know if I want to be a part of <laughs> A part of, of dealing in the legal system, but yeah. Well, you know, I'd like you to be a part of the team that helps me eradicate pedophiles. Yeah, I'm down with that. Well, I figured you would be. And I figure Emily's an archer, and I could use her <laughs> skills too, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I love you guys, and I think that's where I would like to go with this whole thing. And I need her to know I would never say some fucking bullshit like that, man. And I've been really fucking torn up about it. Because I don't like that. I was accused once back in, uh, I thought it was like 93 in Boulder. And uh, I had banged this one chick, man. And technically it was just like, it was uncomfortable for her. Because uh, I was, you know, a big guy. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, <laughs> and, I, you know, um, the, the feelings kind of came out when I didn't want to be with her. So later on, she became a skinhead, and she fucking started hanging out with these Nazi skinheads. I don't even remember any of these dicks back then, man. That was a long time ago in Boulder when you guys first got there. But, um, you know, it was like right at 95, this guy was about to fucking beat me up. He's a skinhead, and my brother had just gotten out of Desert Storm, Todd. I don't even remember him either, man. But uh, he, he showed up at fucking the Cafe Penny Lane, and, uh... And, you know, handled it with this fucking skinhead and all this shit. One of the things these guys were all mad about is because she was telling uh, these guys that I raped her. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had been drawing for Iron Feather Journal at that point. And I was doing all these comics for Iron Feather Journal. So the one guy I could trust at that point was Stephen Prothero. And I told him about it. I was like, you know what, man? I got accused of fucking raping somebody, man. Can you believe this shit? It's really hurting me. Right. And uh, seven years later, I don't know, like 12 years later, 11 years later, <laughs> some bullshit, uh, me and him liked the same chick that we ended up doing a radio show, KGNU, because I had met our crumb and all this shit happened you don't even know about. 
and uh, I got on the radio. So fucking, um, we did the radio show, and five minutes before the fucking radio show, this guy was like, hey, uh, I'm cheating on my wife. And I was like, are you going to tell me this now, dude, in this car? You know, we're going to do this international radio show, bro. And so, like, you know, we, I, I was like, tell me later. So... There was a woman on the panel. She was a, a fashion designer. She still has a store in Denver. And um, I, uh, I I, just, we instantly had energy together. And I was like, yeah, cool. And so, you know, we went, at, we did the show. We went to this restaurant. Steven knew that we were, like, liking each other. Mm-hmm. But that was the woman that he cheated with. Oh. And I, it, it was the same woman, so... Later on, he broke into her store, <laughs> went through her computer, hacked into her computer, got these emails, lusty emails that continued after the radio, and, um, you know, read them and was like, oh, you know, Adam's a rapist, though, right? Oh, shit. And did that fucking thing. All right. So to hear this shit now with Emily here in the future just brings on some very stormy-ass fucking weather, you can imagine. Yeah. Um, so, I don't want to fucking deal with this fucking shit, and she needs to fucking admit what the fuck's up, and she needs to admit Holly Otis is a fucking whatever, because, you know, character assassination, and, uh, um, whatever, withholding fucking evidence of a rapist or whatever. She does have to come forward by law. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. Yeah, she does. Yes. She, she should have 30 years ago. Just like, you know, my my mom and my sister never turned my dad in either. And I think a lot of women, they get hurt. I understand this thing. Hey, I was violated too, man. And and men don't even like talking about how they were raped. Right. You know what I mean? It's not even an issue on the board, hardly, you know? Uh, And it's just like, you know, but it it happens. And you got more PTSD cases and you can see half the country's in fucking prison. You know what the stats are on fucking sexual violation? Uh, you told me that there isn't any anymore. No, no, that's 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 a lim- uh, statute of limitations. I'm talking about uh, something else. It doesn't matter. Um, basically, dude, it's this is the field of work I'm going into, man. You know, I I'm I want to bust these motherfuckers, but mainly the ones that are are hurting kids. Yeah. Yeah, and I you know I already started busting them. And I belong to. Some pretty strong people out there in Mississippi, and they're ex-dragons, and they, that's what they did for a living. You know? Well, that's a righteous path. It's not, I, well, it's better that most people can feel safe and don't have to think about the god-awful fucking bullshit. So they can concentrate on their fucking lives and just living it without that shit. So, you know, you do need a team. You need, yeah. a, you need a team to go out there and clean up this fucking dirty-ass shit. I figured broken kids like us are perfect fucking, you know, <laughs> perfect fucking analogs to fucking go out and fucking eradicate this fucking bullshit so kids don't have to fucking worry about this shit anymore. You know, I'm in the middle of a magic spell. I told uh, Emily, I was like, this is the only time I've ever used magic. You right. know, I'm creating a seal right now. And, you know, it's it's illegal. <laughs> and, you know, it's a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's it's to create a global child protection seal, and by 2024, April 2024, it will be already satisfied, and it's happening right now because 
Apple and Microsoft already released this information that they have the uh, tech now to see who's going on to child porn sites. And they can just go ahead and track them down. That's one of the things I created out of magic to make happen now because before 2017 August, this shit, it was the shit that exactly wasn't happening. Right. Nothing was happening, bro. And now people are getting fucking fingered. Shit's going down. Uh, you know, the cases, and you got more people coming to the understanding of, well, there's like a, it could be alien invasion and the way that motherfuckers act, you know, with, uh, the whole penile gland thing, it connects to these like lizard dicks that would be doing this shit. Right. And so, you know, that's kind of where my field of interests are, dude, you know, but the main thing is to protect kids because, you know, I, after my dad died, I'd got no justice on it, man. And they even gave his ass a good eulogy on the in the cemetery. He's buried in his bullshit, man. Yeah. Oh, man. And it's hard to talk about fucking this kind of shit. You know, this isn't easy shit to fucking talk about. And people should know that the, this should be knowledge, but you should only have to learn it once and know that there's a global child protection seal and that the penalties are fucking beyond stiff. <laughs> For fucking motherfuckers who fuck around from now on because too many cases get thrown out. People don't want to deal with it. Nobody wants to have They got communities full of these motherfuckers. It's an epidemic. So, you know, you really have to start fucking lobotomies and chemical castrations. Arkansas already has, you know, a system like that kind of that abides and I'm pretty down with it. And that's the one thing about a redneck Trump motherfucker, you know. They may be full of shit, and they may be Nazi motherfuckers, but man, eight out of ten of them, if you bring a pedophile around their ass, they're going to fucking skin that motherfucker alive. And you can count on it. And that's what's good about a redneck, man. That's about it. (laughs) The rest of them's bullshit. (laughs) I don't know about that. I I got a lot of redneck tendencies in me. I do too, man. I feel like that's... Why I'm bringing them in. The, old, the older I get, the more more conservative and freaking Republican almost I get. I mean, if you want to even freaking talk about whatever fucking Republican, Democratic bullshit. If you ever shit. want to talk about it after we settle things today and you would like to continue a friendship with me, I'm you're welcome to, man. And I would like to pick back up. I know you're a hermit. I'm pretty much going to be in the habit of uh, recording... Um, uh, pretty much like a new, one show a month from here out for the next like 30 months or whatever until this fucking portal's over with. So I'm just, you know, that's it. A seven-year portal, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're not allowed to even have one open that long technically. So it's a, it's a shredder. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, Emily definitely fed into the, the anger that it could in the direction that it did go in and hurt that I I experienced from not only getting cut my balls off pretty much because I was like damn dude I thought we were great <laughs> and then uh and then uh but you know some bitch I don't know Holly Otis and a bunch of these other character assassinating motherfuckers that run around in this particular circle of crust <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know it's bullshit man I want to fucking deal with it. If you want to, I don't know how to fucking necessarily, I'll be honest with her, 
But then if I'm honest with her, she can change her fucking story. If she doesn't know I'm recording right. and she starts being a dick to me, you know, it's like, but you got to tell her, hey, man, if you got any respect for me, you got to hear Adam out. Yeah. And I think that's how you would handle it as her friend yeah. for 30 years standing. Because I think it's a mature and adult move to make. It's the correct move to make. And uh, you don't need to know I was recording it. You know shit. Right. Okay? And um, that's it, basically. Because uh, I need to get it, though. I need to get it. I need her to either admit she's lying or she's not lying. But either way, she said what she said. It's... It's dangerous, and, uh, uh, you know, I want to get this fucking shit over with because I need justice from back then. I, I lost a lot of shit. All right. I just got a text from her saying she's going to be over here around 1130, so. All right, man. I don't know what time it is now, but I will talk to you in a bit. Oh, okay, about an hour and a half or hour 15. All right. Yeah, I'll be here. Thanks, man. Thank you. just called me you called me yeah and then you just called me back what's up i'm fucking i know i'm fucking with you man um <laughs> no i uh i just wanted to see i actually was calling originally to to see how you felt about uh every you know like as far as it is uh delicate i decided to go ahead and uh and get my mom on the horn instead of recording it uh-huh. That's how I decided to handle it. Because then she'll have to know my mom's on the line. And I can't bullshit you, dude. That's my fucking mom. Yeah. That's all I got. Okay. Uh well, I'd rather well, just do that instead. Okay. And and well, I wanted to see don't know how to do the old uh conference call if that's what you're thinking. No, I got all that. Okay. I don't think that, you know, if she's going to be, if Emily's going to be sitting next to you, I'd rather just yeah put it on speaker. Okay, yeah, it works. You guys can both just sit there and talk. You can relax, have coffee, whatever. Let's talk like adults. But I want to be able to be heard. Yeah. And if she, if she fucking doesn't, if she turns it down, dude, after you've come, you know, out of what, you know, whatever, you, however you know her, mm-hmm. and, uh... I'll just hand over the shit to the police by that point. Yeah. Cause yeah. Well, yeah, man. Well, and, that, you that's, know. that's, that's my fear. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's at that point yet. I mean, I, I well, she, at all since then, but the way like, she sounded the last time when she did this shit, yeah, she sounded like she had the maturity of a 13 year old. I'll be honest. Yeah. So, you know, no, I'm not, I'm expecting, I could, her, I could see her just shutting down. I mean like, well, fuck you guys. I'm, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So, so that's uh, why, that's why I called then. That's where I'm at. I want to see right. you know her better. What's a better so, way maybe to handle this? What do you have as you ideas? Need? Since you've been cool about everything, I'm I'm willing to hear what ideas you have, and in 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 you know, so it doesn't go the way I I'm talking about, you know, because well, what I'm uh, thinking is if, if she ends up doing that, like just like shutting down and being like, all right, I'm not fucking dealing with this. Yeah, 
to be like, well, you're going to have to deal with it eventually. And then give her, give her a couple of days to process. Cause it's a freaking, it's a lot to deal with. Okay. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's I like, can, I, I can, I'm down with know, that. I wouldn't know how to respond with freaking, I'm a, I'm a slow thinker, you know? Yeah. It's like, I don't, it takes me a while to process shit. I'm like, well, if somebody was coming at me with all that, I'd be like, oh fuck, I don't know. And I might shut down, you know? So it's like, if she shuts down, I think we're just like, like, all right, we'll give you two or three days and then we'll try again. And if this doesn't work, then this is the avenue we'll have to take. I'm down with it, okay? Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm into yeah. it. That sounds, that sounds mature. That's cool. All right. I'm good with it. I want, that's why I called back, though, to, to see what you felt, you know? Right. And, right. Uh, you know, you've been cool about it, dude. And you're, you seem fair-minded. So I feel I feel I've I've always been fair minded and I feel like she's gonna when, sh- you talk, when, when you're talking bringing that shit up where all oh, those guys took advantage of me I'm like oh I got taken advantage of by all those guys pretty hard too because I'm almost too easygoing and fair minded for my own good a lot of the time you know what I mean it's like I busted Ren freaking stealing my books to fucking sell for freaking heroin you know and then Oof. what and then I still fucking keep living with the fucker after I know that he's stealing from me why did we both do that nope. i asked you like you know, honestly, why did you do it i was like why did i do it too yeah because i'm not I mean, really like that either low self-esteem i don't know i guess we both I'm were not, inflicted with it fucking, i mean there was there was some high times too you know there were you know and it's like i don't know magical little Plus, you know youth and, and moments young and, young and stupid yeah i guess the only thing that really the two most violatory things that it was too bad she just had to open up the fucking can of worms. I'll be honest, man. It wasn't on my mind, dude. Yeah. At all. No. <laughs> no. But because the accusation's so strong with accusing me of talking this shit, and I had to tell my mom, you know, and uh, you know how comfortable that was. Right. No, dude. She knows. And she's like, I, and I had to bring it back up today. I remember that when that happened to me in December. She's like, eh, kind of. Right. Yeah, she's a salty ex pedophile hunter, dude. You know, she fucking did twenty years in Nola for fucking putting pedophiles on the ground. You know, oh, yeah, it runs in my blood. Right. Yeah, man. So you know that whole rape thing don't work. It ain't never going to. Yeah. My mom, damn well knows that I ain't talking that shit. Now the physical violence in if someone pushed me that hard, but not really. I don't talk that shit to women, man. No. And, you know, the last time I really did talk anything like that was when OJ killed his fucking bitch and I was with Noel. <laughs> and, you know, I went down with 13 shotguns at my head and got railroaded on a sexual assault charge and a domestic abuse charge. Now the shit's expunged. It's off there. But uh, it had it was at a felony status. Right. Well, yeah, man, she's trying to rip my fucking balls off, man. I beat the shit out of her. You know, that's what happened, (laughs) you know, and I got railroaded. OJ did that shit. Boulder was under the media influence, so they were particularly hard on me and railroaded me. And, you know, Noel was arrested seven times and not once did the charges stick. I actually tried to put the charges to stick and they wouldn't hold her anyway. Right. And she found out about that. I got abused even harder. You know, Noel's got to go down. You know, she'll go down for a crime she did when she was a kid, too. 
And, you know, a lot of people do crimes when they're kids, and unfortunately, it catches back up with them. Yeah. And that's just how life is, man. And that's what yeah, we're dealing I, with I, right I now. I up when I was a kid, and it caught up with me. Well, I hope you didn't rape no one. <laughs> no, it was just stupid freaking theft. Theft and burglary. Yeah, me too. That's you all. You know, and it's like, Rick, you know, yeah. all of a sudden, it's like. B&E's. <laughs> you know, years later, seven years later, it's like, oh, I can get pulled over for a stop sign in Iowa and they extradite me to Minnesota. Ooh, damn, dude. Eight years, huh? I think it was seven. Wow. That's yeah. got, that was probably a nice <laughs> kick in the nuts. Yeah. yeah. But then, I'm, then I look back at it and I'm like, well, it sucks that it's on my record now. But uh, at the same time, it's like, well, it's kind of a relief. I don't have that freaking hanging over me anymore, you know? Yep, I just ended up doing all my shit and got it over with and had to talk to some dumb cunt for fucking two and a half years about how I don't want to kill Noel. It's like, yeah, right. <laughs> Me, you know, uh, <laughs> you know. All right. All right, I, I gotta fucking get something done before freaking Emily comes, but uh, talk to you. Talk, I'll talk with you soon. How about this? Can I tell you one thing before you go? I know you probably gotta go, but uh, listen, when you come at her, Tell her, look, it's mellow. Yeah. And it just needs to be talked about. And I know it's a sensitive thing. And be just, you know, it is rape. And it, you know, and uh, she's either lying. And then you can, you'll, t- you, man, I hope you can tell, bro. I hope you can tell. Because that's, right. I feel like. I you're who I'm counting on to be able to yeah. fucking utilize this kind of, without me being there, to be able to, oh, here's my story. You know, fuck my story. Right. You just need to see her in the raw, and that's it. I think, you know, without my influence, you're going to be able to... T- and you don't even... Just be like, dude, did Mikey do this thing? And I got to yeah. know, man, because uh, it's really important. And then take it from there, you know. But uh, Or however the fuck you want to do it. But I do want to get my mom on there, and I do need her to get... And I'm going to let you go, but I would like to get on... You know, I need to hear it. Yeah. I need to hear it. And that way I can just fucking move on with my fucking life, bro. You know? And if you want to be a part of it, that's cool. All right, man.
in the United States of America.
Well, I guess we'll have to take it to court, because... I'm suing for defamation of character, and I'm suing for fucking illegally being booted because of shit that you did. And I'm bringing it back. And if it is based off that rate, then uh, that's going to be investigated. And according to you, it was. So that's all I got to say about it, dude. care about the threat so much. I'll pay for that. Well, I'll pay for that. That's the case. That's what's going to turn into motherfucker. I'd rather not go that way, but it will. Don't give a fly to that fucking fudge. Yell fucking fudge, motherfucker. set up. Hello. Hey. So I ain't heard nothing yet. And I just want to give you the heads up because it's been a minute. Already. And uh, I don't know. Maybe you want to hang out with me on the phone for about another ten minutes, and then I'm gonna tell these guys, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go do it my way." Because I don't have all day to deal with this shit, and I got other shit to fucking take care of. I heard you. And you I gotta get on that plane. And uh, I do want justice on this, so one way or the other, dude. I told the guy, I was like, well, he's like, I'll give her, th- if she freaks out or whatever, fucking, 
and she fucking leaves, I'll tell her that she's got a few days to think about it before it becomes something. But I'll I'll take, you know, hey man, whatever, I got a little thready about this whole fucking thing, I'm, I won't deny it. It triggered me the fuck out, and if I had to go to court, yeah, I'd be, yeah, I fucking was kind of threatening about the whole fucking thing. And I wouldn't have any problem saying it. Because I'm diagnosed, and it triggered me the fuck out. False accusational bullshit. So, you know, uh, which is understandable, and I think, you know, that's how I would plea it, because I was like, hey, man, you know, this guy's got to fucking come forward. Either she's false accusating, which, seeing her character by now, she might be, and that's fucking illegal. Or fucking, uh, this guy actually raped her in my house. And, he, and uh, I'm feeling like it's the latter, Mom. And I hate that. That's, you know, either way, it's fucked up. But, you know, it's like, uh, I'm going to have to, you know. I'm going to have to do it that way. Because I'm not sitting on this fucking shit. She's not going to tell me this shit after I got, I lost all that shit because of these guys. She's not going to sit there and tell me this shit. And then fucking try to break it off with me by accusing me of some bullshit that didn't happen so she don't have to deal with shit anymore. Because that's what it comes off like, you know? Or whatever. You know? Or she really did get raped and, uh... It needs to fucking happen. It needs to come forward. One way or the other, man. I asked him, I was like, hey, status report? I ain't heard nothing. That was about 10 minutes ago. It is sensitive information. And, you know, there is that breather room, but he, he's going to have to expedite the process because by 1 o'clock, I'm pulling the plug on this motherfucker. And if I don't hear shit inside three days, I'm turning it over. And I'll just do it while I'm in Illinois, whatever. You know? Cause I'm heading out, mom. And I got a place. Hopefully, I got the studio for like, uh, like you know, two fifty or whatever. Yeah, don't let nothing get in the way of that. Yep, I'm trying not to fucking uh, have anything but positive energy. I do want to handle this correctly, and I do think if she could come clean, which you know, what are the chances, man? But I've seen it happen, but you know, chances are she's going to be all like, you know, I feel like it'll just catch her finally, you know, like this is the kind of shit that will catch up with her and she's going to have to fucking deal with it, you know? So, uh, either way, man, by this point, I feel pretty strict about the whole thing, you know? I'm sorry I feel so hardcore about it, I guess. Should I be sorry, Mom? No, that's the way you feel. It's not wrong, right? I'm not wrong how I feel, Mom, right? But there's shades of gray in everything, you know? Right or wrong. Well, what do you think? I mean, you know what? I just let this whole fucking thing go. I could. 
Never be an issue and deny us live with character assassination. And it's like, whatever, I know what I fucking did and didn't do. But, you know, I just feel like I gotta get some justice out of it. And yeah, Shades of Grey. These guys never had to... That's definitely one of the Shades of Greys. These guys never had to acknowledge what the fuck happened to me after they did this shit. You know? Which repercussions that lasted for a fucking while. You know? Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what to fucking do, I guess. I could merge the call. I'm going to add the call, okay? I'm going to call him. Just hold on the line, all right? Let's get it over with. You cool with that? Yeah. All right, hold on. Please leave your message for Finn. This went straight to an answer machine. How you feel about this whole thing? You think I'm pushing shit too hard? Well, I'd leave it alone and wouldn't worry about it no more till I got to Illinois. Good idea. just like that and put them on your fucking go-to uh, answering machine. <laughs> Good idea, Mom. To be continued, huh? Yeah. All right, I'm going to go get on my, with my day. It's a good idea, man. It was a very good idea, my young friend. I love you. Love you, too. I'll talk to you in a bit. And if they do call, uh, if they do, huh? I couldn't hear you, Mom. I said you have a blessed day, and don't let Satan steal your joy. I won't. And if they do call, I'll put you on the merge call so you can help keep me balanced, all right? All right. That's it. I love you. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. To be continued, motherfucker. Did my social security card, get, it got compromised? Yes, may I have your first name and your last name to check it in to pull up your file and check? Yeah, it's Alan Wilson. How do you spell your first name? F-U-C-K. Oh. Y-O-U. Just say to your mom. Yeah, you fake ass motherfucker. I'm gonna find you and kill you. How about that? How's that sound?